1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Taurus, Makers of the Raging Hunter Handgun. Burnham Brothers Game Calls. Double Nickel Taxidermy. Now here's your host, Larry Wysu. Before joining Larry with today's episode, let's get a few words from Hayden Outdoors, the brand that sells land through our conservation today. Natural mortality. It's something that should be considered and calculated into any management program. As bucks get older and go through different age classes, mortality rates change between these age classes. Think about it like this. When you were younger and you got hurt, healing was probably a pretty simple and quick process. But the older we get, that's not so much the case. What wouldn't have affected us in our teenage years, like a broken bone, could be enough to incapacitate us in our older years. Research has even shown this to be as high as 35 to 40 percent yearling bucks, dropping in the two to four-year-olds, then jumping up again in the five-year-old nut class. Remember, deer live in harsh environments through harsh weather conditions. But you also must know that natural mortality comes in many different ways. Predation, for example, if not kept in check, can majorly affect your rates. But even if it's kept in check, it's still needs to be determined as a factor. Tight sex ratios, even on a highly managed piece of property, they cause bucks to work harder and fight more for breeding rights, which puts them in jeopardy of getting gored by a horn, getting hit by a car, bitten by a snake. High stress levels, low energy levels are just a few examples. Natural mortality is something none of us like. As conservationists, as managers, as stewards of our whitetail herd, it's often heartbreaking when we stumble upon these deadheads. Whether you have history with the buck or you've been watching the buck, it tends to hit us on a pretty personal level. That's why it's important that we always take this into consideration when working your management plan. 
I'm Brandon Houston with H3 Whitetail Solutions. Now on with today's episode. Welcome to another Campfires, the DSC Campfires, and today we've been very fortunate. We've had Mr. Brandon Houston tell us a little bit about uh, some management programs dealing with the, um, the, the the Hayden Outdoors group that we deal with quite a bit. And thank you to David Fox for a great introduction. But kind of getting down to the meat of the subject, we've got Mr. Robert Espinosa in our campfire today or next to our campfire i guess i should say and robert you are with dsc but you're also very much involved in wildlife in new mexico tell me a little bit about what's what's going on and your involvement as far as dsc is concerned uh well i'm the chief operating officer for dallas safari club new mexico uh been involved i was the uh, instigator if you will uh getting dsc to uh, New Mexico as a, as a chapter, I believe we were the fifth chapter in the system. Yes, sir. Uh, back several years ago, uh, I pretty much run the organization there in New Mexico. A uh, little history, I've been involved in wildlife and uh, sportsman's issues for better part of 30 years. Uh, sit on the New Mexico Game and Fish Commission for eight years under the Martinez administration. So. So come with a really good background. Back well, uh, I, I and, and know with, you love to hunt and fish as well, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Obviously, none of us have enough time to do what we love to do there, but uh, uh, I get out as much as possible. So. Well, to begin with, thank you for your involvement with DSC, and thank you all for what you all are doing. You, you've been... You've been involved, obviously, as you mentioned, with the wildlife in New Mexico and the hunter groups and, and all the sportsmen things there for years. And you were seeing some things that were changing and to the point to where you thought something needed to be done about it, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, when, as I, when I sat on the commission, I seen a lot of uh, sportsmen's groups and conservation groups do a lot of, a lot of stuff for conservation, right. a, lot of kid, a lot of stuff for our youth, a lot of stuff for our veterans which is absolutely and uh, emphatically necessary. You know, we, Amen. Need, we need to do that stuff. Uh, but what I noticed is that there was lots of so-called anti-groups and so a lot of so-called sportsmen's groups uh, that just were against our way of life, if that's the best way to put it. Understood, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and um, so... Uh, the more I got involved in DSC New Mexico, uh, I tr I kept pushing this agenda, if you might, with our board. Uh, finally, convinced them that you know all of this stuff is great, and we can raise all the money in the world and support these things. But at the end of the day, if we don't stand up for what we feel is right and our uh, to promote and or protect our way of life. All of that is not going to matter after a while. It won't. Yes, or yeah, right. it'll just go away. You know that. Uh, so we've been in, we kind of changed our our way of thinking and um, more of into the government affairs advocacy portion of of um, the DSC mission. Uh, although we still support plenty of youth groups, plenty oh, yes, of veterans, sir. you know, do some conservation work, et cetera. Uh, in fact, we just supported taking out over 300 ki kindergarten kids on a fishing day. So, uh, but we still That's do, cool. <laughs> yeah, we still do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, in New Mexico, because of the current administration, uh, we're kind of the low-hanging fruit, if you might. 
so these these advocacy groups have come in and they are hammering us extremely hard. So. And it's been a lot of that. It's been people coming in from other areas, has it not? Oh, absolutely. You know, they, we all know that the environmentalists or so-called advocacy groups, uh, they're the middle-aged housewife that sits behind a TV uh, in Chicago or New York, never set foot out here in the West, yet they dictate our policies. Uh, yes, sir, that's it's something that we have to deal with, but that's one of the things that you guys are doing, particularly spearheaded by you through the uh, DSC chapter in New Mexico. Tell me some of the things you've got some, I know you've got some goals and objectives that are fairly specific as well too. What, what are some of the things y'all are trying to get done and then we'll try to figure out, you know, what other people can do to help as well too. Well, one of the things that as a involved in politics and understand that, uh, you know, the, the opposition, if you might, yes, sir. Uh, they're well-funded. I mean, we're, I mean, hugely well-funded, well-staffed. Uh, when, you, when you have funding, you can staff with quality people and get quality information. Uh, and or, in most cases, uh, they have huge PR programs that, in my view, it, it, they, they either tell you half the truth <laughs> or they tell you just what they need, you need it, you they think you want to hear, right. uh, or outright lie. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the latter part a lot of times yeah. is what comes into play. Yeah. And so uh, that's the voice that gets heard by the politicians. Yes. Uh, and even though we um, we may get loud uh, without specific facts, and uh, again, kind of in the politi political world as a game commissioner, uh, I had a lot of people come up with me with a lot of passion. Uh, and I understood their passion because I was the same way. But at the end of the day, until I had some quality, verifiable facts with hard evidence behind it, uh, I didn't listen. You know, I, I, well, I take that back. I politely listened. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I, only, I took into account what it came from. But when somebody brought me some hard, verifiable facts, and I stress the word verifiable. Yes, sir, uh, exactly. Then I listen, and that's kind of where we're going with this. Is uh, as an example, if somebody says, and I'll pick a unit, uh, 34 in New Mexico, that says there's X number or 100 elk permits, and 50 are used by residents and 50 are used by non-residents, then uh, we have taken the stance that we'll, we've hired people, and and uh, we're in the process of hiring more people to uh, put those facts on the website uh, to where people it's easy to go look at them we provide a link that they can verify those facts uh, then uh, we um, we take that stuff to politicians uh, and show them versus an individual or another group to say this is what we're telling you right you exactly know, we go to the politician and tell them these are the facts and the politicians will listen to that because they they don't like to be lied to, you know, because it makes puts egg on their face if they get caught. Good. We we just been joined by Tim Fallon, who kind of slipped into the campfire. And, uh, Tim's been on the podcast numerous times. Of course, Tim is also the president of 
of the DSC Foundation and understand the uh, president-elect of DSC the following year. Yeah, so. apparently true, sir. <laughs> apparently true. How are you, Robert? I am good. Good, good seeing you, Tim. Thank you, sir. Welcome. We look yeah. forward to next year when they're the president. Oh. <laughs> we'll get a lot done. <laughs> that is let's true. Get, let's get through the gala. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're right on the cusp of doing our DSC Foundation Gala, and, and Robert's in town in Dallas as are several of the other uh, DSC chapter presidents to, for kind of a summit for everybody to kind of get together and figure out where we're headed and where we've been and what we can do to help each other. And so moving into the future, Tim has played a whole lot, a huge role, actually, in, in bringing the foundation to where we are today. And I can't imagine yet what all he's going to get done for the DSC, but I know there's... It, it's get out of the way or get it done. One of the two kind of attitude there. So, no, we were just the, the big focus layer, of course, is conservation, 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 and that's where we're headed. Absolutely, that's where we are. But we're headed even deeper into that direction. Well, we're, we we need to, and we were just visiting about some of the things going on in New Mexico and how Robert through his efforts and his past experience, which is absolutely fantastic for what they're trying to get done with having sat on the commission and been involved in a lot of things there. Uh, some of the things that they're trying to get done the, through the chapter and, and some of the efforts that they have there right now. And we were talking just as you walked in about the, getting the facts to not only the people, but also to the various politicians involved. because. They seem to sometimes uh, not have the whole truth told to them, shall we say, well, by some of the antis. I'll tell you, Larry, that's a huge problem. My hat's off to Robert and the whole New Mexico crew, but they are fighting an uphill battle. Amen. Yeah, unfortunately, you've got some folks out there that aren't informed and they're making bad decisions, and it's unfortunate they're ruling by emotions, which is the absolute wrong way to do this. So my hat's off to you. Thank Congratulations. You. Well. Keep fighting the battle, but congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's one of those never-ending battles. Of course. It, we, will, we, we will be fighting that battle long after we're gone and our kids are working at it. Yes, sir. But we got to set the basis up. Absolutely. You know, we've got to start somewhere, and we've, we've been kind of quiet. But and that's the reason I, I was tickled to hear you say, we're going to be a little bit louder and we're going to start telling people and we're going to make sure that they get the right facts. Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, you, to get things done in the political world, you don't necessarily need to be the loudest voice in the room. You just got to be the smartest voice in the room to get to the right people. To the right, the right people. people. That's what I said. <laughs> you know, and I learned that the hard way, but uh, that's that's just the way the, this world works. It, it it really is. You were mentioning how are you going about to get the facts? We were talking about say like Unit Thirty Four or whatever unit there might be about. Okay, we're going to issue X number of permits, and mm -hmm. somebody go to non-residents or no non-residents and strictly residents. How are you getting your information? Your, your base information. Well, that's an interesting question, Larry. In that, uh, it's it, the information is there. Yes, sir. Uh, it just takes a ton and ton of manpower to research that, that stuff. Uh, it's readily available in the sense that uh, with the Freedom of Information Act, you can go get that stuff. Uh, the problem is, is our department in New Mexico right now is uh, not very well run. Uh, just put it out there, <laughs> and, and uh, I'm sure I'll get some repercussions off of that. But, uh, but uh, well, that's okay. The, the truth happens to be the truth, by yeah. Colin. But um, so when you right now when you're when you make that request, it's taken.
quite a bit of time uh, just because they just understand. Right. Uh, but th that's how we're going about it. And the, the biggest issue that we have right now in New Mexico, as, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is funding. Is, uh, it, yes, sir. It takes, you know, just, just to get one thing done, it takes, you know, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of hours to do that. And uh, one of the things I told uh, our, our board when we first got together about doing this is, as a businessman, we're going to run DSC New Mexico as a business. Uh, and as a business, you have to evolve, and it takes employees, and employees take funding. Um, until we get the right people really on our side um, and understand this uh, and get the right funding in New Mexico, it's still going to be an uphill battle. Because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, the, those, the environmental groups or the activist groups are, you know, they're $30, $40 million a year. A couple of groups that are really spearheading in, in New Mexico, they say they're local, but they're funded nationally. They, they have no visible means of fundraising, yet they run on a million and a half dollars a year budget uh, and uh, have eight to ten employees, full-time employees. Uh, and yet sportsmen say, why don't you do anything? But well, we don't have any employees, and we're trying to run on a $50,000 budget. You know, it's just... It, it is impossible. It's not not even it's not even a probable consideration. Until we raise that kind of money, we're not going to stand literally a chance. Um, and uh, um, as both of you are aware, the big issue right now is the bighorn sheep. You know, and those guys they'll push if, if they they will probably push that through uh, simply because right now where everybody is being reactive to that, that fact rather than being proactive to cut this off well before. You know, uh, th we had another issue earlier this last or late last year and earlier this year, uh, you know, with a few calls, we've got the right people to make the governor's call and that got squashed. They won't see the commission's a light of day in the commission, but yes, sir. You know, I, what is the problem with the big horse sheep right now? What for those people who don't, well, Maybe not keeping up with what's going on there. Tim, we'll see you later. Okay. okay guys. Sorry Thanks for stopping on. by. Thank you. Uh, the bighorn sheep, uh, they're trying to change the rule, basically. Again, bighorn sheep are that iconic creature that we have in, in New Mexico. It's a, it's a, we're, New Mexico is probably the biggest success story in the Wild Sheep Foundation uh, world uh, as far as recovery. Uh, made a huge recovery. Uh, not get into how that happened, so to speak, but it was really through sportsmen's dollars that yes, made sir, that exactly happen. Right. Uh, uh, and uh, right now, over across the West, there's a huge push. Uh, Wyoming just passed a legislative bill to to lower the number of re non-residents coming into the state. Uh, there's a huge push across the West to do that to get more, re as they call it, more resident opportunity. But uh, they don't look. And they don't want to look. It's just uh, what they're doing is just that's just an issue that they can use to raise money so that they can keep a job. <laughs> yes, sir. And so yes, sir. You know, Very unfortunate, but yeah, that is a fact. That is a fact. So bighorn sheep, what they're trying to do is reallocate it uh, the the way that the draw is, is done 
to where literally there won't be enough sheep in any one hunt code, as they call, as we call right. it, uh, to offer a non-resident opportunity because of what the legislative bill SB 196 that was passed several years ago that uh, guaranteed uh, non-residents 82 percent, so, or 84 percent. One of these. Yes, sir. Uh, so. Because of the way that formula would work, if they got this pushed through, there wouldn't be any enough sheep tags in any one hunt code to offer the opportunity for non-residents. And the beauty of it is, you've got both Rocky Mountain and, and desert, desert sheep. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, interesting. Uh, how do you, the, the, all these facts? As you said, their facts are available. There's hopefully there'll be dollars available. How do you, how do you see? Some of the things that might be done as far as sportsman group or DSC or, or others who are really care about wildlife, who understand why hunting is important to them and all those. How can people get involved with you guys, whether you live in New Mexico or can you be involved as well, too, for people who have hunted New Mexico oh, or want to hunt New Mexico? Absolutely, or just love New Mexico. It doesn't matter. Absolutely, right. Uh, you know, we get. New Mexico is a huge recreation state. Oh, you know, an and, unbelievable state. And, you know, and uh, because New Mexico is uh, so hard to draw a tag, we're a 100% draw tag unit, or state rather. Um, and so a lot of people just don't get the opportunity to hunt it. But I have lots of friends that come in during hunting season just to hear the elk, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so. I've been one of those. You've been one of those? <laughs> yes, I have. I have. Uh, you know, and. So the way to get involved is is follow our website, you know, join our membership, absolutely join DSC membership, become a member. Uh, you know, right now, shoot through the the Trailhead membership, you can oh, right, exactly. become a, a member for nothing. Right. You know, so get on the list. That way, you get in, you you get informed of what's going on. Um, if you get if you choose New Mexico as your, one of your sponsor states. Then you'll get on the DSC New Mexico web uh, email list, and you'll we'll send you updates. Uh, follow us on social media, obviously, um, and then uh, and I I don't mean to stress funding or, or but but we need to but we need to conservation costs dollars. Yes. Uh, there's there's no question about it. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned earlier, you know we're just not going to be able to compete. We can sit here and chat over over the campfire all day long. Uh, and we can get thousands of people to support us, but unless those people support us with dollars, uh, we just sim simply aren't going to get there. It's just economics. It is. Of course, I'm here from Texas, and I, I, we've visited about this a little bit in the past, but we formed the Texas Wildlife Association now 37 years ago. Yes, a great organization. And well, thank you very much. And just opened a huge, we're fixing to have, are going to have our grand opening at our facility here for too very long. But that organization has basically been involved, landowners, sportsmen and sportsmen groups and those kind of things. And I really see New Mexico DSC chapter being that version of Texas Wildlife Association. And to me, the more people we can get involved, if we can get more people involved, that gives more votes to begin with, gets more more information out there. But it also greatly increases the chances of increasing that budget somewhat, too. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, uh, I... I 
I see New Mexico, DSC New Mexico, and I get you know, partly driven by my passion and partly driven by our board, uh, willing to to put their necks out, so to speak. Yes, right. As I'll guarantee you, as I put told them, you will take more arrows and more bullets than than you ever thought that existed. <laughs> we will take a huge amount. Yes, know? sir. Uh, we will. Uh, I'm sure we'll be on the on the bad end of a lawsuit here or there, you know, that's already happened in New Mexico to, uh, for other groups. But, um, the, uh, uh, the, so, so when other people around the country, uh, want to get involved, again, get involved just simply as that. Uh, cause one of the things that, that I can tell you that we've, we're really trying to gear New Mexico for it's kind of a foundation for other DSC chapters. Exactly, yes. Yes. Sir. You know, we'll be the model, and we don't mind taking the bullets and arrows. We're more than willing to. Uh, DSC chapters around the nation uh, will follow this mold because I'll guarantee you, as I've mentioned it to you, Larry, and everybody else, uh, this is spreading, and it ain't quit. No, sir, it's, it's, it's not. The, maybe the animals are different. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're dealing with white-tailed deer or black black bear or something else is the primary species as opposed to elk and of course you've got you guys so fortunate you got white-tailed mule deer coos deer the, the list just goes on and on you know black bear turkeys all those kind of things pronghorn antelope but uh, you're right just because you may not have those iconic western species in your states you know, people like the, uh, the 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 chapter that's up in Nebraska and, and Iowa, right there on the border, uh, in that area, they're going to face the same sort of thing. Oklahoma's going to face the same sort of thing. Uh, they're already, you know, the chapter that we have up in the very northeast corner. Uh, they live right in the hotbed of all that <laughs> bad stuff coming down from the antis, and so it's it's going to take those chapters and involvement. But it's going to take somebody like your chapter in New Mexico to set the standard to show how about to get get things done. Yes, you know, you mentioned standards. Um, we need those standards, and you know, in this in the great nation that we live in, uh, through our history, there's always been one person that you can look back on that started a movement, and it, it evolved from there. But it always took that one person or that, yes, to, to create the one organization yes, that moved forward. And then we had carbon, so to speak, carbon copies of that. And, and uh, again, you know, but, but you didn't get that one individual to get where they were at unless they had the support of the, of the many. But it takes somebody to create that spark. Yeah. And then it takes somebody to keep that spark going a lot of times. Yeah. You, know, you, get, you, get some, you get some people coming in, but there's still going to be somebody such as you, as you, you're doing, to uh, to keep that spark going and keep the interest up and, and make sure that people are aware of what's going on and, and, and get that involvement in so yes. many different ways. Involvement in for membership, but in also involvement as far as dollars are concerned to be able to support the, yeah. the people that you need to get that information and get that information out there yeah. you know and, and you're absolutely right you know it uh as anything you know there's uh we need the numbers you know whether it's votes whether it's money that supports or people that support with money or a dollar at a time absolutely you, you know that the big organizations the antis they're supported by huge dollars that no doubt 
but they're supported by the $5 a month middle-aged lady sitting on the couch watching the TV. You know, that... So it, people they are, and the unfortunate thing is, if those people who are contributing those dollars actually looked at what's going on and where that money goes, most of those anti-type organizations, the vast majority of their money goes to administrative costs. Absolutely, yeah. Instead of going out in the field, and but yet they still do a horrible job <laughs> for, toward us with what the money they have. So to me, what I always try to tell people is, if you're going to contribute to a wildlife conservation organization look to see where the dollars go look to see how many employees they have look to see you know where that money actually goes and then learn about how important hunting is in all these and I, if they did a lot of these folks that are sending that five dollar ten dollar twenty dollars a month i got a feeling if they really looked into things they'd be sending it to dsc or in y'all's instance you know the new mexico chapter dsc to fight the fight yeah you know that, that kind of goes back to getting the verifiable facts to where yes, people sir. can exactly can, can do that that research on their own exactly you know with too much because of social media especially you know we are led by the by a noose you know we just people are like sheep and as long as they're keep feeding that information and you know on the media then they'll keep following it but you get the few that will look at the facts and and tell the and if it's easy for them to look at it and verify it then they're going to believe it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's that's kind of where we got ahead with a lot of this stuff right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what, that's the focus that we're at. You yes, know, sir. We're looking at that, you know, and, um, you know, we're, we know that we're, we're fighting an uphill battle. And again, it ta- it's going to take a lot. And, you know, you kind of get back to the support and, uh, you know, we ask people just to look at our website, see what we're doing. You know, we're holding a, a giveaway uh, online and buy a ticket, uh, you know, look at our auction, come to our gala, you know, just check us out. Absolutely. You know? And if they do and they pay attention, i got a feeling they'll they'll be contributing everything they can <laughs> and they may pull their support, if they're supporting some of these other things, hopefully they'll pull that support away to, to you guys. You, you mentioned the website. Tell me the website and how, how they can get in touch with that site. Uh, it's, it's pretty easy. It's... Uh, DSC and then New Mexico spelled out dot com. Okay, all lowercase. All lowercase. All lowercase. So it's DSC N E W M E X I C O dot com. That's New Mexico DSC New Mexico dot com. That's it. And from that too, they, there's I'm sure they can they can join the chapter there as well too. Yes. And but there's going to be continuing information there all the time. All the time. Be. We're uh, we're. We're, we're, we're looking to hire uh, some full-time people that will keep that up all the time. Uh, obviously, it's, it's a struggle with volunteers. Uh, they still have a 9-to-5 that they have to work. <laughs> exactly, yes, sir. And so, uh, but, yeah, they can go to that website. And, and we, uh, we've, we've tried to make it user-friendly to where it's easy to navigate. So anything that you want to look up, it's pretty much just a click of Exactly. Yeah, the, the internet has made things a whole lot easier in a lot of different ways. Of course, we fight it in other ways too with <laughs> misinformation that's put out. But this is an opportunity to really learn what's going on in New Mexico as far as the wildlife is concerned. Absolutely. 
Robert, we're going to close this out right now. Thank you very much. Again, the website there is dscnewmexico.com to find out what Robert and his guys are doing in the state and the problems that they're facing and how to learn how to combat some of this. And as you mentioned, you apparently also give have giveaways or raffle type things. Yeah, and, right. and then, of course, you have an, an annual fundraiser now that we can have annual fundraisers. Yes, our first in three years. So. The, when is it going to be? Uh, Saturday, August 13th in Albuquerque at Isleta Pueblo. And that information will be posted next week. Absolutely fantastic. We'll try to remind folks about all that, too. Thank you again so very much for joining us. Thank you so much for what you've done and what your chapter is doing out there. And and I can't wait. We're going to talk about this a little bit more throughout the rest of the week at some of the chapter summits that we're having here. But thank you very much, and I look forward to helping you every way we possibly can. Well, Larry, thank you for making this possible. Thank you for having me, uh, and thank you for the kind comments. We've only just begun. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the way to put it. So. Amen. Thank you, Robert. Thanks for joining us around the campfire. To leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode, go to Instagram at Larry Wysoon Outdoors. Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfires. DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by The Crown Bar in LaGrange, Texas, H3 Whitetail Solutions, Remington, Texas Wildlife Association, TRHP Outdoors. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.